0: You're going to have to decide how much money you're willing to spend in free agency. You're going to have to spend a lot of money. You have $80 million if you cut J.C. Jackson, I think, and for more on that, uh, and the uh, draft pick stuff as well. And also we'll talk Dynasty with our good friend, uh, my good friend and yours, Mike Cadlick, weei and WEI.com, the pride of the Dedham Marauders, joins us right now on the program. Mike, how you doing?
1: Up, Arkan. Happy Sunday. How are we doing?
0: Happy Sunday to you too, my friend. Um, let's jump right in. The first two episodes. Have you seen the entire thing? Did you get one of those screeners for the Dynasty? Have you seen the whole thing?
1: Yes, I have. I have seen it uh, front to back. So uh, we're 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 in for one down the stretch here. Arkan
0: seems like it. I've heard a lot of people say, "Yeah, you know, it really it really ramps up the intensity." Uh, now that everyone's seen the first two episodes, uh, some of your thoughts and impressions on that. Anything we can take away from that, and maybe apply to the team today.
1: Yeah, um my first sort of uh I guess reaction takeaway from it was that you know Drew Bledsoe was the freaking man here and like that decision was not easy at all. Um and not that not that I thought it was, but I guess I was too young to really realize at the time, like, oh wow, this guy was like, you know, Superman, McDonald's commercials, future Hall of Famer, like just got paid a hundred million dollars and then he played two games with the team. And Belichick was really given, you know, carte blanche to just make that decision. And I think, you know, talking about and kind of going off what you just said about how it, you know, uh relates to this team, right? Like everybody's wondering, will Kraft and uh Jonathan medal and will they get involved and what's is Robin Glazer the GM and things like that. But I right. think, you know, when you when you sort of take a step back and look at it that way, I think Robert Kraft realizes that his job is to put people in place to succeed and let them succeed or let them fail and then be able to hold them accountable. And, you know, he did that with Belichick, and that's what he told Bledsoe. He said when he had the meeting with Phil and he had the meeting with Bledsoe, I can make this decision for him or I can let him make it on his own. And if it doesn't work out, I can fire him. And that's basically what he said. And so I think they're going to do that now today because, you know, Kraft knows that that's what he did in the past and it worked out. So I do think they're going to give it over to Mayo, give it over to Elliot Wolf, and let this thing play out. And I don't think you're going to see Jonathan and Robert metal like some people thought they would. Yeah,
0: I mean, I I hope not. I hope that you don't see too much of that. On the other hand, you do now, and this is uh, something Reese wrote about today. They are going to be announcing the coaching staff, and it is going to be voluminous, yeah. right? That's the big thing. A lot of volume, different from Bill, different from you know his small circle. It's going to be really, really big. Um, could that sort of lend itself to just a lot of a lot more noise than we're used to here?
1: I see. I don't think so. Like I kind of look at it right and it could just be, you know, the, the. I guess, frankly, the talk radio angle of it where, you know, they do one thing and you pick it apart and then they do another thing and you pick it apart. But it's like, I feel like when crap or not, not crap, excuse me, when Belichick was here with his own little brain trust and it was him, Patricia Judge, McDaniels, and nobody else was allowed in. And we can't, you know, no, no secrets are getting let out. And I don't want, you know, a big staff because blah, this, that, and the other thing. And it's like, everyone's like, well, you need more brain power, you need more people, you need more eyes, you need more things to come in. And then you, you flip it the other way, and it's like, well, why are so many people going to be here? Why aren't you just going to shrink it down? It's like I, a lot of these teams nowadays, you know, you look at teams, frankly, like the 49ers and the Chiefs and, you know, a bunch of the other successful uh, successful teams in the league, they have these, uh, you know, larger coaching staffs with, you know, special specialty coaches and, Uh, quality control and you know a quarterback's coach and then even like a mental coach and like it's just it's kind of the way of the the way of the land right now and so I think that it is a good thing I think they're going to take information from multiple different people and again it could be a a thing where you look at the collaboration and then it gets cloudy because you know we've looked at this collaboration where the Kraft and Mayo spoke about at the intro and you know sometimes it doesn't sound great because if you don't have a lead person in charge everyone's going to be pointing fingers at each other and saying no he made the decision and that made the decision but yeah. you know if there's people if there's decision makers and then there's people to kind of lean on then I think that's okay so uh, long story short, I think it's a good thing that we're going to have a bigger staff than uh, we had in the past year. All I'm right.
0: Sure. Well, speaking of that, uh, Elliot Wolf is going to have to make some decisions here in free agency, which is uh, starting relatively soon. Um, yep. What uh, what leanings have you heard of that uh, this team is making in free agency? We obviously know where the holes in the roster are. Where do you uh, where have you heard, or where do you think they're going to be spending the uh, big chunk of that money?
1: Yeah, so free agency coming up, like you said, a couple weeks. Uh, the franchise tag window also opens uh, t- or Tuesday, rather. I believe it's the Tuesday 20th. Either. right? No time yeah. Or four p- yeah. Yes, yeah. So Tuesday the 20th. Um, and really, looking at tea leaves and kind of putting together rumblings and things that, you know, things you hear and, you know, talk about, right? I think. There's there's a big chance that there's a strong chance that they franchise tag Kyle Duggar here. Um, I just I look at frankly Reese's you know sort of headline headline point this morning on ESPN was the fact that could they should they franchise tag Kyle Duggar. He doesn't tend to float things without it being you know a tad informed. And so um, may they might they franchise tag him and then look to extend him during free agency possibly. But I think they want to tag him so he doesn't really have the opportunity uh to negotiate elsewhere. Um other options there obviously you look at Mike Onwenu, Hunter Henry, guys who are going into contract years, you wanna uh or not going into contract years, going into free agency rather, you want to try and hang on to those guys because um, you know, as we know in Hunter Henry and Mike On are different. They're not in the same uh sort of bucket or category, but like the Patriots haven't re signed a top three round pick since DeRon Harmon. Like mm-hmm. That's crazy. That just goes to show, and that's you know really why Belichick isn't here is because of poor drafting. And so, Duggar's a homegrown guy. He's a guy who's had success. He's a guy who's probably going to get paid on the open market. So, if they can keep around for another year, um, I think that one makes the most sense. And I think they're going to probably lean towards franchise tagging him over the next couple weeks.
0: Any extensions coming for uh, any you know Christian Barmore's or any of those guys?
1: So. <laughs> I mean, you look at the guys, Barmore should be a slam dunk. I feel like that's, that's sort of an if, uh, when, not if situation because he is, yeah, I don't know if you saw the thing Daniel Jeremiah put out on Friday, but like the, the building blocks of a championship team, and he gave guys like blue chip and good and, you know.
0: Yes, I noticed he, the uh, just, Patriots he, had no blue chips. I did see that. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah,
1: but they did have one green. They did have one good, and it was Christian Barmore. Yes. So, like, look, he's your best player. He was a second-round pick. Uh, he's improved every single year he's been in the system. Like that's a guy, frankly, like Duggar should have been extended last year. These are people that you draft and you hit on. That's the point of the draft. You hit on guys to build your team, extend them. And so Christian Barmore should be a slam dunk. If they don't make that happen. And I, again, I think they will because you bring in new brain power and a brain trust in the front office, like Elliot Wolf, who I wrote about it a couple weeks ago on wei.com. Uh He's a guy who, I don't really understand the – it seems like sort of unhinged hate towards him and anything the Patriots do right now. Like, that's a guy who's been around the league. He knows what's going on. He's never been fired. Um, and so I think, you know, long story short, Wolf is going to be a guy who realizes what talent they have, keep them in-house, um, and then move forward through the draft and free agency and things like that. So I I agree. I think Christian Barmore should be one of the other guys. Hunter Henry, uh, Mike Unwenu, not really extension candidates because they are going to hit free agency, but those are guys who I can – see them grabbing for one or two years, too, and kind of build a, uh, you know, keep around and be building blocks here.
0: Any movement on the draft pick? Aaron, do you think that the way they go in free agency may dictate how they use that draft pick, or do you think those things will be sort of independent of each other?
1: So, interesting that, you know, the the, the Patriots put out those social media, and granted, their social media doctored videos that they cut and, you know, repurpose a million times. But, like, they they put out the three videos of Alex Van Pelt uh, Demarcus Covington and Jeremy Springer this week. And one thing that Van Pelt said about his offensive system was um, that he, he you know, he's not going to build a system and then put players into it. He's going to build his system around the players they have. And so um, that's sort of why I, I think they're going to bring in a guy, whether it's Drake May, whether it's uh, Jaden Daniels, they're going to build their offensive system around that. So I don't think that, there's really, I, frankly, I don't think they're really leaning any which way on the quarterback front right now. Um, I know you're anti-quarterback at the top of this draft, yeah. but I do think that that's kind of where they're going to lean. Uh, a, again, the the age-old question and the sort of the draft um, cliche, right, it's you draft for need, you draft best available, and then you look at quarterback, and they're either going to draft the third quarterback or they're going to be able to get their hands on any best player in the class. And so it's, you know, Obviously, it remains to be seen, but I just think, and I look at it right, and for and uh, Van Pelt also mentioned the quarterback in that uh, social media video too, so take that for what it's worth. But I just think that it's too much. You're, you're hoping to not be at the number three pick again. It's such an important and valuable position. And next year's class, I know you think this year's class thinks next year's class thinks even worse. I've and heard so that. Yeah, you need to grab that top guy. You got to try and build around him, and then whoever it is, whether it's again Daniels or, or Drake May. Um, or maybe even Caleb Williams if he falls that far, which he won't, but um, for the sake of discussion, then you build the system around that and then you go in from there. So uh, I, I do think they're going to still lean quarterback, and I think that's the decision they probably should go.
0: All right, Mike, before we let you go, uh, you were I saw a reporting on this, and I think we're over in, uh, at B.C. when he was introduced. Bill O'Brien mm-hmm. not going far. He'll be uh, taking over as the head coach of the Eagles. What do you think about that move, and how was the uh, atmosphere there when he was, uh, when he was introduced?
1: Yeah, um, I like it. I think it's – I mean, I think it's cool. I think it's good for him. Uh, his family's around here. He's from here. I know everybody knows that. But, you know, went to St. John's Prep, went to Brown, um, and then was able to come back this year, and it just – it didn't work out. And so uh, good to see him get back and land at BC. I do think it's a good hire for them. Um, it's someone who – he said it's a dream job. And so, like, you looked at Jeff Hafley and he was a guy – great coach, Ohio State, you know – a good hire here, but it kind of seemed like the writing was on the wall that he would jump eventually. Obviously he makes the move now. And so for that whole thing to line up with O'Brien, uh, this, this off season, you know, it seems like a slam dunk. So this could be his sort of destination job. And he stays there for 15, 20 years and retires, maybe 10 years, whatever you want to call it. But, um, I do, I think it's a good hire. I think he's going to help that program out. And especially with the changing college football landscape NIL and things like that. Um, it's good to kind of have a guy who wants, frankly, who wants to come and be a head coach at a program. And so uh, I think it's a slam dunk for them. I really do.
0: I think it's a good hire. All right. We'll leave it right there. Mike Cadlick. great stuff as always, sir. We'll uh, hear from you, I'm sure, this week, and we'll talk to you again soon. Sounds good. Thanks, Arkan. Have a good one. All right. That is uh, Mike Cadlick, W-E-E-I, W-E-E-I.com.